Hey, this is Hal Havens, and you are listening to the Then Is Now podcast. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. Today's episode contains spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie or TV show that we are talking about, we highly recommend that you watch it first, then listen to this episode. Thank you. What kind of a sick school is this? Things are afoot at the Circle K. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. You got spunk. I hate spunk. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Oh, righty then. How you doing? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Say hello to my little friend. I love to celebrate come in the morning. What are you people? On dope? Stop whining. I got a crap on deck that can choke a donkey. Who is your daddy? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Can I do that? I'll be back. A day no man! Show me the money! Don't! Up your nose when you have a hole. A what? I'm sailing! I'm sailing! You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Here's looking at you, kid. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. Go to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. Hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I love it when a plan comes together. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. We're on a mission from God. Okay, folks, joining me today is George and Jean, and once again, this year, they're going to be at the Riverside Drive-In in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania, and it's the 17th annual Drive-In Super Monsterama, which is subtitled Crazies and Cannibals Extravaganza. It's going to be awesome. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome. Well, that's the first night. There's a second Thank night you. with a different theme. Oh, well, tell us, Ari, tell us what the theme for the Na- second night is. Na- nature Gone Mad. Nature yeah, Gone Mad. Or- or eco abominations. There you echo, go. Echo abomination. <laughs> ecological. Short for ecological. That's awesome. Because uh, as Gene points out that the uh, it's the nature gone wild, but humanoids from the deep is kind of like the uh, 
the bastard child because it's you know they're they're like mutated fish monsters rather than real creatures of nature. Right, right. Which all the other films are. You know, you know they're you know this is this is a real mon- mutated monster. The other ones are well. I mean, I guess is grizzly. He's just a big. He's just a big damn bear, right? He's not anything mutated. <laughs> that was prophecy. Yeah, we don't want to mix I, them I, up. I really, I, yeah. I love big damn bears. Actually. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I was getting a kid. back to the getting back to bears, I'm thinking I'm like I know prophecy was a mutated yeah. bear, but this a grizzly is just a big damn bear. You know, like like George is a big damn shark. You know. When I was a kid, my Girl. parents took me to see the prophecy at the drive-in, and I always thought the bear was inside out. I'm like, oh yeah, that that movie yeah, with that inside-out yeah, yeah. bear. <laughs> uh, you know, I got a question. I got a question for you, Roger. If, if you saw that as driving, I don't know if it, it was a long time ago. It's over like forty-something years. But yeah. Did, were you able to see anything? Yes. Like, yeah. like was it clear? Because I remember, like, the first time I saw that was on like uh, ABC, uh, like primetime broadcast. Oh wow! And of course, it was like pan and scanned. But I remember the film was. It was like everything was so damn dark you couldn't see anything. Yeah, no. Yeah, the, the only time I had an issue, and it's kind of ironic. Um, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but when I, when my parents and I saw um, my bloody Valentine at the drive-in when that came out, uh, they started the movie too soon. It was still kind of light out, and you, you really couldn't see what was going on. And people started uh, yeah. honking their horns, and then they shut the movie off and started it over again. Yeah, no, that's not. That's a no-no. Yeah, you gotta have darkness. Well, I, uh... And what was really weird, though, is I went with a buddy to see the remake with, um, what's his name, uh, Jen, uh, Jensen Ackles, who played Dean on Supernatural. And that was it was filmed here in Pittsburgh. That's oh, right, right. And it was supposed to be in 3D. Yeah. And about five minutes in, I'm like, this is not 3D. And I had to go and get the ushers. And I, I handed the glasses to one of them. And he's like, and he's with his buddy. And he's like, oh, my God, it's not 3D. And he, he hands the glasses to his buddy. And he's like, you're right, it's not. And then they ran and they gave us all, like, you know, free passes or something. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But, it's like, so they, but didn't, they didn't screen it in 3D, that you saying. Yeah, so the it was supposed well, to be know, in 3D because when you took the glasses off, it was all you know fucked up to look at, but it didn't work. And um, yeah. it was just ironic for me that I saw the original and that had issues at the beginning, and then the remake yeah. also had issues, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, when I, when I saw Prophecy, that's a very interesting story here to add to you guys. It played the same weekend as when Alien came out, right? So I had the choice of, of one or the other. And this was independent theaters or actually on the street you could walk to. This is how things used to be before the mall cineplexes. And um, I remember walking and then there was Alien at one corner and then up down the next street was Prophecy. Oh, that's thought, funny. Did I choose the right one? Well, my dad didn't want to go see Alien. My dad was like, okay with Prophecy. But then I did get to see Alien later. It just wasn't that particular day. But the thing that drew, that drew me towards seeing Prophecy was the ad campaign, specifically where the person that's in that sleeping bag is thrown against the tree and it explodes. Yeah. <laughs> was that in the you trailer? Know? Yeah, it was. And, and, and wow. the thing, I think they show a clip of the, growl, of the bear growling and screaming, sort of nondescript because don't, I don't think you actually see what it looks like. And then, uh, then it gets. Then you see the person hopping away, and then you see this thing hit a tree and it explodes. And I think, to for however old I was at the time, that was more appealing because I didn't probably appreciate the nuances of Alien. I remember seeing the egg cracking 
many months before and going, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know what? Ironically, a prophecy was rated PG. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And I thought about the same thing. But, you know, it was. But look what was going on at that time. There, like George was saying, like about the nature gone mad or echo, echo abominations. There were so many movies in that period that was really about the environment and things that had gone crazy. Empire of the Ants, Food of the Gods, both of which I saw at the drive-in. Um, what else? I mean, even I guess to some degree, for sure, Day of the, the Animals. Yeah. Uh, Nightwing was another yes. one that no one talks about. Yeah. Nightwing. Yeah, it's um, a bat. Right, and Prophecy, there were all these films that were, there was a very strange, you know, sort of trend of those movies in the late 1970s, and, and, and that's pretty much what this is about, I guess, when you think about it. I mean, you uh, had a lot of them, too, with, with Jaws ripples. Oh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What yeah. was that one? There was an Italian Jaws ripoff I saw in the theater. It was um, Great White, I think, was the name of it. Yeah, I never saw that in the theater. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one that was actually pulled because uh, Universal tried to sue. Yeah, that was an Italian production. I Draws think Capitolari directed it with. Um, it's got American actors like Vic Morrow and James Franciscus. Right, right. And I think Crown, uh, not Crown, it's uh, Film Ventures released. This is like eighty one, eighty two when it came out, and it's like Universal is still. You know, worried about well, Jaws. I guess the franchise was still going and, and strong as ever, and they they had them pull that thing. And I don't think it it never got a legit uh, video home video release in the United States. I think it just recently came out in in maybe Germany on on Blu-ray, but it was like no English language track. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, don't forget we also had we had frogs and. Um, Night of the Lepus. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that was the uh, the earlier seventies yeah. where it started. Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. So, so all right. Yeah. So on Friday, September twenty second, in this year of two thousand and twenty three, you're gonna, you guys are gonna have the sixtieth anniversary screening of Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast from nineteen sixty three, and also his film Two Thousand Maniacs from sixty four. And, and then you've got an amazing film, which I actually just saw recently, Impulse from 1974 with William Shatner and Shriek yep. of the Mutilated, also from 74, which I believe I bought the Blu-ray on that after the, the last time I talked to you guys, because I, I think, Gene, you were the one that was raving about Shriek of the Mutilated. And I had I think I saw it once when I was a kid. What, I didn't what remember did you it. Think, what did you think of it? Did you I, love it? I loved it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, you know what? We got the we got the it was a dream come true because actually I think George was pushing that label to do that. Uh, you know, George has been just side note here for people listening. George has been extremely responsible for so many of the Hammer films and so many movies really getting pushed to Blu-ray, and that's the truth. I mean, he he's an advocator. He goes out there and talks to the labels and and stuff and reminds them and says, how about this? Even if it's a comment on Facebook, George will always give a positive and not a complaint. And uh, I think he probably might have helped this release, but we we got the release from Vinegar Syndrome, and the release was so perfectly clear. It didn't even <laughs> feel like it was the movie. I said to George, I think it, I think the clarity took away the, the, the experience of how shitty the original versions <laughs> right. were when we saw them on television because i think that sort of fit the original versions but what i would say to you is real quick so i saw that on chiller theater here in pittsburgh 
when nice. I was a kid. Um, it affected me a lot. And then later on, over the years, I kept thinking about it and got it on VHS and et cetera. You know, the filming locations are not that far from you. Um, they're in Croton on Hudson, right in the and, and not far from, from me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're from both of you guys actually, um, and it, they're right up there above Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow. And uh, yeah, the yeah. windmill the windmill restaurant is now gone, but I tracked it down and, uh, with the local help of several people, including Jim, uh, who run Jim Logan, who runs the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. Jim and I have been friends for decades. He's amazing, and Jim helped me locate some of those those locations because I don't know the area well. I mean, it came down to me sending photographs and Jim saying, okay, that's here, <laughs> you know? Nice. And, um, yeah, so I, I went on two different trips to Cape Cod, and, 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 and actually one was a Dark Shadows test, I think, and we stopped and, and, and did uh, the touring of the location. So that's how impassioned I am about this, this movie. Um, so I'm thrilled to death it's on, and, and, and finally... That's awesome. Uh, That's awesome. Drama. Yeah. And I had invited uh, Bill Van Rin, our friend, to be with us today, but he couldn't make it. But um, he had something um, that appeared on the Impulse Blu-ray, which I just uh, I just watched. I told you. Yeah, recently. he actually he yeah. he, he, he was um, actually going back to Shigeru Midway for a second. Bill was a big champion of us showing this movie, and he actually said something on one of his recent shows. And I think I guess it put a trigger in my head. But I wanted to show it anyway, and then it became available in a 4K, you know, remaster. All of a sudden, I'm like, well, now's the time. You know, we got to get this on. And I, and I was the one that exposed Bill to that film because, you know, Bill and I go back. It's a scary thought that Bill and I go back 30 <laughs> years. Wow. And, yeah, no kidding. And uh, and the thing about it was that I said to Bill somewhere a number of years ago, decade or so ago i said you guys see this movie and he's like oh, i saw it. it was kind of okay and i said no bill really sit down and watch this it's tailor-made for you <laughs> and he did and as i said of course he can't join us he was up till three o'clock in the morning last night doing his own show oh that's right. uh, yeah. he, and, he and sam visually do this thing live every single week i don't know how he keeps that schedule but um if anyone out there hasn't tuned in check out drive in asylum uh, he does a he does a Facebook feed through uh, what the Groovy Doom yep. uh, page and also on YouTube and it's it's a lot of fun. He, he yep. and Sam pick a lot of um, great shows and and actually he works with Roger on a, on another podcast. So make sure you're checking him out. Yeah, so yeah. My buddy show. Mike and I were on on Bill's show uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked about um, yeah, the yeah. lift and um, I uh, remember. Yeah. I forget what the other one was. It was um, oh the uh, Dark Tower, not the Stephen King story, but the one about the killer elevator. So that was fun. So yeah. uh, what is what do you guys got to say about the uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis films? I mean, I'm kind of psyched to see them on the big screen. I've only well, seen them on well, VHS. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like Gene and I were talking about for for a long time. We were talking about doing yeah. a whole night of Herschel yeah. Gordon Lewis movie, yeah. and yeah. it was almost going to be a whole night of Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. But, you know, I, I was like, well, the, well when, what happened was when Grindhouse, uh, when Grindhouse said they were going to do a theatrical re-release of Impulse and there was this big camp- campaign and, you know, this, uh, I said, I, you know what, I just feel, I have a, I just, I want to get a hold of it. I want to get that for our, for our show. I have a good feeling about that. And um, so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I want to do a Hershey Gordon double feature of the first two gore movies that he did 
and then we can get impulse and then something else. So it's almost like, you know, ha- you know, you get a, you get the double feature and then you get some other stuff. So you're not subjected to a whole night of H.E. Lewis. If that's not right. your thing, if you know what I mean. Right, right. So, right. but you know, and then I didn't even realize that Blood Feast, it is its 60th anniversary. So I started, you know, jumping yeah. on that. Like, you know, it is a 69th, yeah. but I don't think anybody's showing it this year that I know of. So it's like well, those you know, 60th anniversary screening of Blood Feast. And it's yeah, a I, short film. It, it, that, I mean, even if you're not a huge fan of his, his stuff, you know, and you get, and those two films are very colorful. They're very, yeah, the, they're very campy. They're very, that, they're yeah. fun, you know. Yeah. And, the and so, and they were, that was a famous double feature back in the day. So we're kind of bringing back those, uh, did you, did you know, either of you traditional get to him? shows? George, you that? met him, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, I sure did. I met him at uh, at like one of the very first Chiller shows. Oh wow! Yeah, which, I, he's you know, from Pittsburgh. He's actually from Pittsburgh. A lot of I think at the time he was, you know, I, he was living in Florida at the time. At the time, he I is. believe. Do you know that uh, I used to work? I used to work uh, for a publishing company. And they did direct marketing magazines and uh, direct mail magazines. They did two ma- I was I became the editor of one of them called Fundraising Management Magazine. And H.C. Lewis had like a regular column in the direct marketing magazine because it was all about direct mail. That was oh, that's wow. what he was doing at the time. He was he was uh, he, you know a, a, a writer about direct mail and he did he did lectures about it. And uh, you know and, and through that I got to talk to him. I think he kind of. He wanted to keep his uh, film, his film career and his direct mail writing career separate. Separate, if, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, which really. is okay. I understand that because it's like one really has nothing to do with the other, and you know, he was here. Here he was in a new new phase of his life, and you know, I brought I brought it up, and I I, I think he was like slightly embarrassed, but he you know he was he was always cool, and I actually got to publish one of his articles. Because it was in our sister magazine, Direct Marketing, and I published one of his articles because it had to do with fundraising in mind. So I, I, I actually have that connection too, where I, you know, published an article that he wrote and went in the magazine I was editing at the time. This is many years ago. This is like over 20 years ago. So nice. You know, but um, big- I did meet, but I did first meet him at the, one of the earliest Chiller shows, and I can tell you those those early Chiller shows were a lot different than than what it's become. And, well, That's he, all I'll the, say, man, but. the man was a, is a marketing genius, and like you said, I can I'll give you a little extra you know add on about that. So I've met him numerous times. He was from Pittsburgh. He was the most accommodating person. It wasn't until like the last year or so that he started getting representatives that were having him charged to sign autographs. So you could buy posters and everything when I met him the first two times. Actually, it didn't mean three times. And he would sign anything, and he didn't want money. He said, what do you think I'm worth? Do you want to give me some cash? And, and I would <laughs> say, well, I'd like to. I know. Listen to this. And I, it was crazy. And I'd say, well, I'd like to give you something. He goes, you give me what you want to give me. I said, well, what do you want, $20? And I would actually give him like 10 or 20 bucks or whatever for signing like 15 things. I mean, he just. Wow. And the thing, you, you have to see The Godfather of Gore because I'll tell you what, I, it's an amazing documentary. And uh, I think that's what it's called. And the, it sums up everything. I think it's available. I don't know if it's available with the set I purchased. I think I have it separately, actually. On you know, there was an Aero set that's outrageously expensive of all its films. 
and that he does have it included. But anyway, he said something. And when I saw this, this uh, documentary a number of years ago, I thought, oh, my God, this is what I've been doing. And he talks about how the advertisements, you can spend a million dollars for press for anything, okay? And you can yeah. be the flashiest, biggest ad campaign, but if it is successful by word of mouth, that is how something will succeed. And that is truly the history of, of Monsterama, 100%, because George was doing this. I came on board with George. I was doing this with him. And we tried and tried and tried to market this show for how many years in Pittsburgh, and it just nothing was happening. I mean, literally, it was word of mouth that was making it a successful a successful event. I mean, he would if George was calling TV stations, and they were just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know? I mean, honest to God, and for the record, fuck all of them. <laughs> right, right. No, it's only in recent years that we got TV coverage. We were always covered in, like, the, uh, what was it, the, uh, the, what's the free Pittsburgh? Uh, in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh. They've been grand. They've, it was a free Pittsburgh grand. trade magazine. What was that called? Yeah. Uh, well, it was originally called in Pittsburgh, I think, and then it became, uh, it became uh, the new city paper. Pitch, is the one Pittsburgh you city paper, right. Pittsburgh yeah, city paper. Yeah. We always got, like, for years and years, we always got, like, a, uh, you know, mention in there. They used to have this uh, column in the in the weekend edition every week. You know, it was a, it was a weekly, so yeah. it was, like, a weekend thing, and it was, it was called a short list. And it would just be a, you know, right. a listing of different events. And, you know, and I would send them a press release, and I'd send them a picture from one of them. And usually, they always, you know, I had a contact there one time, and then it kind of, uh, you know, it's it stopped, and there was a new contact, and then you know, it's like you get to that point where you you, you try you try contacting him, asking him to do something, and you don't hear anything back, and then nothing. So they treat. I think part of the problem is that two, this is a two part comment. Part of the problem is that they're approached by so many people that are idiots that they just lump you into the category with stupid people, and and right. that's that's hard. That's not opinion. That's hard fact journalism. And again. I reiterate, fuck them for that, for that, that attitude. Because I know from running in, in conventions and working at conventions that when the press shows up, unless you specifically tell them who to speak to, they will pick the most damaged wacko kook in the room right. to talk to. And, and, and that visual perception is what everyone sees on television and thinks they're all fucking idiots that go to these events. And that is a struggle that horror fans, science fiction fans, even the comic book fans have been facing for decades oh, yeah. is being represented re represented by one or two stereotypical people and not the whole the whole group. And that's been something that I've been rallying against for decades. And then just this past Friday, Tim and I went out to see Phantasm at Row House Cinema in Pittsburgh, which incidentally just purchased uh, the theater in Dormont, the Hollywood, which is great news, and we saw the restoration of Phantasm. Wow. There were people coming in in groups wearing April Ghoul's T-shirts. Nice. And the people that were sitting right next to me have been going to Monster Rom in September for about 10, 15, 20 years. I don't know. They, they, were, they were sitting there talking about this upcoming Monsterama, and I'm texting George going, holy shit, the people sitting next to me are talking <laughs> about the show coming in two weeks, and then I, I introduced myself, and they're like, oh, my God, yeah, we we met Tom Savini there. He camps next to us. Uh -huh. we, um, 
you know, we were there for the Vincent Price weekend, the Peter Cushion weekend, you know, all this stuff. And I told George, I go, that is what brings great pleasure to me and to George that we're actually seeing and meeting people that have had this legacy that you find out, oh, my God, you've been coming to this. You know, you found out through your friend or whatever all these years before because the print media and stuff just hasn't been kind. They really haven't. I mean, I hate to say that. I don't want to piss on any anybody, but it's really the truth. I mean, they just don't seem to care unless you're a football But, but it has picked up a little bit. It has picked up a bit in the in yeah, recent years. Yeah, it's picked up a great deal. And you know what? The other thing Pittsburgh I Magazine. Quick. Pittsburgh Magazine is always, it's been good to it. And they actually named us like these... What it was it the movie theater event of the year in Pittsburgh? Yeah, absolutely. There's a writer, wow. Sean Collier. There's a writer, Sean, Sean Collier, right? And yeah, he he, he writes to them. He does a piece on the local, uh, the Pittsburgh uh, CBS affiliate, and yes. they'll yes. they'll do a weekend. Um, yes. You know, weekend. You know, a little sum up about weekend events, and he'll be on there. And if he is on there, at you know during the. The, the week that we're doing this show, he'll always, you know, give it a nice mention, and he'll always say nice. it's like my favorite. And he does Sean, come to the Sean show. Sean is a supporter yeah. of the Riverside and of of the shows. And if it wasn't for Sean, we would never have gotten that media exposure. So hugs out there to Sean. And also, oddly enough, for the last eleven years, Jake Klingham yep. Smith has been coming to our show, and he's Scott Harbaugh's. This is an incredible connection, Roger. He's Scott Harbaugh's cameraman at Channel Eleven. Yeah. And they just relaunched Schiller Theater yesterday. Oh, wow. And with, with Scott, you have to send you the link or you have to see it on the page. Yeah. They just, they just, they just got a special deal going, and, and they, they, this has been going on for a year. And Scott has always given uh, the event uh, a mention during the weather forecast. He's, yeah. he's been the other big supporter in the Pittsburgh media. And Jake, Jake is uh, with Jake needs to get interviewed. I told George earlier, we need to do a little interview about the legacy of Jake and his dad, Mike, coming to the, the drive-in. So, I mean, these, if you really need to meet people that are going to make a difference in your life, they're right next to you sometimes, you know? Oh, my God. And, this is amazing. And, and, I, I literally just looked it up. I'm going to have to start spreading the word about this chiller theater. That's insane. It's so awesome. Yeah, yeah they're doing they're doing eight shows. And they Lori Cardill was actually interviewed in the episode yesterday, the very first one. Um, they shot the interview with Lori Cardill at Living Dead Weekend, which I was doing the box office last October. Scott and and Jake randomly showed up walking in the building, and I was like, "What the hell are you guys here?" Well, it was under wraps at the time because of all the different um, all the different uh, stuff that needed to take place behind the scenes with the salespeople and such. And uh, at any rate, it, it finally launched. It came out of nowhere about a week ago, and there it is. It's available on the Pittsburgh Now. That's amazing. Uh, streaming app. Uh, you can actually catch it on the Pittsburgh Now if you have a smart television. You can program the. You can get the app for Pittsburgh Now, and it will be running again tonight at the 1 a.m. I believe they said. Oh wow. Um, otherwise, otherwise it's on the Pittsburgh News Network at 11:30, which is a sort of a CNN for Pittsburgh. And then it's on um, that app at midnight on, on like a half hour later it airs. So you can watch it anywhere in the U.S. or the world as long as you can get the app on your phone or get it on your um, get it on your television. So nice. check it out. It's a, oh, it's, I'm it's, definitely it's very it's that. very exciting. Because this has been something that we've been trying to do as Pittsburghers and horror fans for 
literally since the 1980s, and these two guys just come along and boom. <laughs> nice, nice. And, you know, I got to say, too, yeah. about the, the, the word of mouth for the uh, drive-in Monsterama that you guys put on, you know, you've got even myself and my wife going on a regular basis now. You know, we live in Maine, and it's it's worth the journey for us to get there because it's so much fun. You guys are so awesome. Um, we just love it, and we look forward to it now twice a year, you know, April and September, which is great because this will be my first uh, September visit. I, I've been twice in April, and now I get to go in September, so I'm kind of psyched. Well, I, I really appreciate that, yeah. And and the thing is, when I, when I created this event, that was my intention. I wanted to make it like a whole weekend where people, where fans would travel to this and realize this is not just, you know, going to the movies. It's an event. It's right. two nights. It's four movies each night. Now we're trying to like, you know, do some some little things during the days that people hang out and we have the basket raffle or what you know. We we're trying different things, but it is an event. To, and if you travel, it's 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 well worth it. There are there are other things to do in the area, horror related and otherwise. You know, you have the the whole Romero uh, mystique right. out there. You know, yep. locations and you got the Monroeville Mall. I'm just saying. You got the Warhol Museum, but I'm just what I'm trying to say is I I made I like I made this event as something that people would travel to. Right. So Buffalo. I don't. Buffalo I like to, what you say, Roger, is like what I love to hear. I I got to be honest. With you, I don't like. I hate when I see people right you say something like you know oh it's it's two hours away it's three hours away. you know it's like yeah it is but come and camp out or get a hotel or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, we make it so that, you know, it's it's worth it to travel to. Oh, absolutely. And, um, yeah. So, so all right, so let's also, talk about your... Also, oh, sorry, Gene, go ahead. Yeah, Buffalo Bill, I want to give a quick shout-out. Buffalo Bill's house is now doing tours, and, and, and uh, I guess you can stay there uh, from Silence of the Lambs. That was also filmed in Pittsburgh. Oh, jeez. So that's, that's you have to pay me to stay there. Yeah, you have to, but it's wow. another major. You have the Monroeville Mall. You have the location for Night of the Living Dead and the Crazies. I mean, George, I've taken George and Crystal to the majority of places. Yeah, um, the Evans Bitty Cemetery. It's, 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 right, it's an epic. It's an yeah. epic. Uh, it's just, it's, it, there's so much to do. Teddy. So to come to this and say, oh, I'm bored all day. Well, you know what? Right. <laughs> not get, not, the Riverside yeah, I didn't, not going to I didn't know Bob and Doug McKenzie were coming. Yes. <laughs> what did you say? I, I didn't realize Bob and Doug McKenzie were coming. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like nothing to do, eh? <laughs> yeah, no, we got, There's like we got no real zombies, eh? <laughs> I could do a Canadian accent rule out, you know? It's like they come down, you know, it's... I love the Monster Rama, eh? You guys, guys take off, eh? <laughs> you hosers. I'm gonna, several friends in Canada right now are depressing me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good fun. <laughs> so, so let's talk about Saturday. You've got the uh, thrill-filled night of Echo Abominations or Eco Abominations. So Saturday, September 23rd. Yeah, which guys... is it? Because uh, I was corrected on that. It, it's ecological, so it's echo, right? Uh, that's what I say. Oh, yeah. Well, it eco looks better record. written than, than trying to pronounce yeah. this, right? I mean, you could say ecological, too. So I think it's sort of like the Caribbean or the Caribbean. It's either way is the same. Okay, okay. But um, so you've got uh, Humanoids from the Deep uh, from 1980. Grizzly, as you guys mentioned, from 76. 
Piranha, the Joe Dante film from 1978, and of course, one of my all-time favorites, Day of the Animals from 1977 with Leslie Nielsen. I fucking love this movie. (laughs) We're the only drive-in in in the United States to be showing two Ruth Roman movies over a weekend. There you go. (laughs) You know, know, I got to say something. You know, getting back to what you said about Bill contributing to the impulse disc, he... He, he supplied some of the old, you know, newspaper ads, and one of them about Impulse, it says, because uh, William Shiner's in it, it says the, something like the captain of the Enterprise meets the devil woman of Rosemary's Baby. And I'm like, I'm like, what? And I'm like, I'm, I realize they mixed up Ruth Roman with uh, Ruth Gordon. I'm like, well, that's stupid. You know. No, she, Ruth, she was in the baby, wasn't she, Ruth Roman? Yeah. Was she the one that was in the baby? I think so, you know, yeah. Yeah, the baby. She was yeah, a, so, she was like she's known for doing that Hitchcock uh, film. Uh, what was it yeah, uh, Strangers yeah. on a Train? So yeah. she was like yes. big in the in the in, I guess the late forties fifties in Hollywood. But then she became you know something of a character actor. She so she did all these. She's also in that Curtis Harrington film, uh, The Killing Kind. So she was yeah, on this amazing. like role that's of amazing yeah yeah yeah. Okay, you know so the thing about it is real quick sort of information here about so. First of all, um, Piranha and, and Humanoids are are coming back from the 2020 canceled COVID show, so those finally got rescheduled. And That's the thing right. about it was the thing about and it that was, was going to be an April show. So think about that. Right. Wow. So the, the thing about these movies is that there is a there's a connection here. They're sort of in a different order, but Humanoids from the Deep always pairs well with with Piranha because of the Corman connection. And yeah. I always feel that you have to watch Grizzly and Day of the Animals together, too. And I think they came out on DVD and Blu-ray, both at different times, but simultaneously each of the releases. So It's it the same director. It's perfect. some of the same cast yeah. members. But they're, <laughs> yeah. very diff- they're very different films. They really are. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, right. one is just, you know, about like, you know, uh, Grizzly is just like Jaws with a bear. And, and and Day of the Animals is basically the animals are taking over, and they and it's the struggles of this 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 uh, pack of campers. It was, it, it was right. It was a very it was it was a theatrical. You know what it reminds me of? I always get it mixed up with Where Have All the People Gone, which was a 1970s um, apocalyptic film about solar flares turning everybody into dust or whatever. Right, right. Um, yeah, but they they have a similar structure of this dystopian destroyed world you know long before that walking dead thing there happened kid. yeah and, and day uh, of the animals kind of focuses on the hole in the ozone layer right correct yeah that was sort of what yeah. caused like the higher uh, the higher altitude you go the more crazy animals <clears throat> and even people can get because of whatever the hell because you know, it was one correct. of those that was a big thing in the news i remember that at the time where it was like oh the ozone layer you also feel you also feel when you're watching that movie that you know, I, I, admit, I admit I'm a little bit pessimistic about the United States and the population here, but because I just felt like a day of the animals, all the incredibly stupid people were left to survive, and <laughs> they're battling animals. You know what I mean? It's like, you, you know what? These are the people that that uh, that, <laughs> that you would never expect to survive an apocalypse, and yet they, you know, like fashion models and like people that you know whatever. That, <laughs> Don't, don't make up the real structure of what the world is, is battling, uh, you know, killer dogs and 
and uh, cougars and snakes and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, so it's kind of a fun film. And then when you throw Leslie Nielsen in, it's just, that's gold. Oh my yeah, God. where else are you going to see a shirtless Leslie Nielsen going apeshit? Oh my God! Yeah, and I don't want to ruin the movie, but I do want to say, you know, when you walk into it, you of course you all you can picture is Leslie Nielsen from Airplane and Police Squad, and about halfway through, you forget that, and he really his acting really is great in this movie. Well, he was evil in Creepshow too. He was he was a total that's right. Creepshow, yep. wasn't he? Yeah, Creepshow as well. And you know, the other thing about this, I wanted to tell you guys real quick before I forget, because I will forget to say this. I want to interject forward to Humanoids of the Deep, and then we'll go back to Day of the Animals. I remember seeing these on Roger Ebert, Siskel, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert shows. Do you remember that? Yep. And yeah. And they reviewed Humanoids from the Deep, and, and the one guy, I think it was Roger Ebert, said to Gene Siskel, I wouldn't want to be the salmon queen at that festival. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was, was really, really funny uh, that, that he said that. But, I mean, that goes into the whole comedy thing here about we're talking about you know Leslie Nielsen popping up in this because for a whole generation you're right the the identification is airplane and nothing else right so they see him in a vein that you just and George said he recalled seeing him on comedy on on um, what do you call it talk shows not talk shows game shows talking about Having done this movie, did you say you saw him on, on a talk yeah, show? Yeah, I think so. I know. I'm pretty sure I saw him. You know, I was watching, you know, because over the years I've watched the, the repeats of Match Game and all that. And I know I've seen him, you know, at the end of Match Game when they have some time to kill, they'll, they'll say, like, what are you up to? And they'll mention yeah. these movies. And I, I could swear I've seen William Shannon on, because he was around, he was on the very early days of the 70s uh, incarnation right. of, of, so he's talking about 73, 74. I could swear I, I remember him, you know, made mentioning that he did impulse, you know. So yeah, I yeah. could be wrong, but I don't. I, you know, it's let's just say yes. Why not? You know, right? I, I love but yeah. These, those these actors that were doing these movies, you know, you'd see like Linda Day George on right. there. Yeah, I know. She, right. I definitely know she. I saw her, you know, mention that she did this movie. Right. Uh, you know, they'd be on title tales together, Linda Day George and uh, and Christopher George. Yeah. And uh, they 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 plug these things because that's what they were doing. You know, they were right. they were right, right. You know, Wait, wasn't there a sequel to Grizzly that never got made or completed yeah. or something with George Clooney? No, it came out, but it was called. It was a. It, what was it, George? Was it Direct Two or? Was I it think under so. Another name? There was I a never Grizzly, saw it. Grizzly yeah. Two. Well, you guys are talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. So I'll be back. <laughs> I'm, 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 Okay. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's, is, a, that's a great lineup. You know, Humanoids from the Deep, Grizzly, Piranha. I mean, Piranha, man. What else can you say? That that movie is just phenomenal. <laughs> it's it's definitely one of the best George ripoffs, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to call it. It, it definitely, yeah. I mean, Joe Dante would admit uh, that it is the director. Yeah, it was out. Grizzly 2, The Revenge, was just out in <laughs> This is crazy. This is crazy. Listen to this. 1983 American action thriller film that was not properly released until 2020 was directed by Andre Stott and is a sequel to the 76 film Grizzly directed by William Girdler and David Sheldon. And then uh, the cast is pretty crazy here. Deborah Raffin, Louise Blesser, Deborah Foreman, <laughs> Charlie Sheen, Lars Stern. Oh my God, John Rhys Davies, Dick Anthony Williams. I think I think 
I don't even know if I've seen, I think I've seen this movie, but you know what? This is going to happen maybe even today. I mean, this, yeah, that might have to be seen. Now yeah. you say that. Yeah. That's and crazy. I want to point out, too, the soundtrack for uh, Humanoids of the Deep from the very first second it starts, James Horner, and one of James Horner's finest, uh, finest soundtracks. He gets a lot of credit for uh, rebooting the Star Trek series yep. and, uh, and many of the science fiction films. Um, being the other John Williams or Jerry Goldsmith, as he's, he was always sort of, what was the story where somebody ripped off somebody and it went in circles? Was it, was it Horner did something and then Goldsmith took it and then Horner took it again and changed it? Oh, there, yeah. I can't remember. story about that. Where they, yeah, where they, where the soundtrack sounds the same, but you know, it's ironic because we always think Jerry Goldsmith, we absolutely always think John Williams, but in all honesty, there is a third great composer of that of the, the of the genre films back then and it was James Horner and he's he's off the chart. So Yeah. He's he's amazing and his haunting soundtrack this it's is a great I mean, soundtrack. I can't, I can't say enough about Humanoids from the Deep because just where it was filmed, the way it was the isolation, it just and you know the horror story about the production of that was that yeah. the, lead, the lead actress was lied to and she thought it was going to be a I think they were all lied to. I think, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, Vic yeah. Morrow and Doug McClure and all the... Because it's like you have a very respectable film with, you know, respectable actors and then right. it just... it just And then, then it flips into, like, really sensational... Exploitation. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah so but when you put it all together, <laughs> and 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 when you realize that there's no room for um, uh, no. there's no room for um, how do you say uh, in in horror films for uh, uh, exposition. No, I mean for you know being proper. These are exploitation movies. Oh, right. So, right. so you know, if you if you throw that, if you throw, you know, just you know, don't go into this expecting that you know this is an exploitation movie, but it's it's got like respectable cast members, and so it's almost like two different films. But when you when you when you see those those shots that were inserted, because I think they, what, it was Corman that demanded it be more. It's a TNA. Yeah, it's a TNA. It's a TNA monster movie. Right, right. It's like I think in the psych. I think it was was maybe the psychotronic book said this is the, or somewhere I remember always reading that this is the movie that you know you see the monsters do what they what they always implied they was they were doing. You know, you actually <laughs> see them do it here. You yeah, know, yeah. you know, they get the girl. Let's put it that way. He he edited. What he did was he the lead actress took her mother to see the film on opening night, and there were dude scenes in the shower, and it wasn't her breasts, it wasn't her body. So what Corman? Yeah, this, done would, this would be Ann Turkle, yeah. Yeah, he and she definitely Corman, she definitely had a standard, yeah. She was not happy. Corman went in and added all this, you know, all this material to to make it a little more sexually appealing, I guess, is what you want to say, more of a, a tits-and-ass production. <laughs> and even if you and if you kind of weed through that exploitation, um, you do see a better film and everything. And, and but, but, I mean, the thing is just take it with a grain of salt because it is the 1980s, and that kind of stuff became sort of lampooned by, you know, Tromaville and all these other companies, eventually Troma Productions, with, you know, some girl screaming and her shirt being ripped off and these huge boobs <laughs> popping out. 
And I mean, really, isn't it kind of a joke when you look back at those films now? And uh, but back then, it was one of the things that really that it was. I think what George was trying to say was things were over sexualized at that period, big time in, in movies. And right. there wasn't any room. There wasn't any room for just a wholesome sort of horror production like Hammer or whatever. This, this stuff it was guaranteed if you went to see these movies. He they even did it in Alien. I mean, if you look at the simply yeah. in her underwear, yeah. you know, this it it was something at the time that was kind of expected. I mean, it wasn't. But we look back now, I think people in today's culture, especially the twenty-something cancel culture people. Um, you know, they look at it as objectification of women or whatever. That's a hard, that's a hard extreme view of it. It, right. it was what was in the films at the time. This is the way it was. Exactly. Okay? So you yeah. have to accept it. The same way with we talked about, I said to George, the same way with 2000 Maniacs, you know, going back real quick to that, there's a lot of Southern exploitation in that film and Yankees versus you know, Confederates and stuff like that. Okay, well, it is, it's exactly what it was meant to be in the 1960s. This is how it was produced, and this is what the story was about, and it's not a political comment, nor is it something that should not be shown. It literally is taken for face value for what it is, and thank God all three of us and a lot of older horror fans are keeping that preservation going and not allowing, you know, this cancel culture stuff that's out of control in this country to destroy the legacy of what is our horror films and even our science fiction films. This, this right. is what it was. You know, it, because believe me, you see these Disney films, you know, the, and all these apologies now for features, features this, features that. You know what? I don't want to be insensitive here, but honest to God, we survived all these decades without having to be yeah. warned. I watched it's like, yeah, like time. you say, it's like being warned. You're bringing more attention to stuff we, we didn't even really put much attention to anyway. I yeah. watched the movie the other night and it, it said, this is how ridiculous it is. It said, it said alcohol, it said tobacco consumption, warning, tobacco consumption, consumption, blah, blah, blah. It was a warning, like, you know, <laughs> adult thing, for people smoking in a fucking movie, for Christ's sake. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, Jesus, Jesus Christ. That, that's absurd. You do, know? They, do they put things about guns, guns, like, in every movie, because every movie has a murder in it. You know, I mean, right. it's like we know it's a work of fiction. You know, it's like you know, yeah, the same thing with with, with literature. Me, it's it's, a, it's a work of fiction. Yeah, it's not movies. It's influencing people to smoke or or or, or, or you know use drugs. It never has been. It never will be. I feel like the 1950s housewives. And, and that era has taken over the ratings. I mean, it's, people don't need to be warned about that. I mean, right, it's ridiculous. You go out every day and you see this stuff in public. It's absurd that you have to be warned about. You have more exposure to negative things and vices on a daily basis with the right. legalization of marijuana. With the legalization of marijuana in, in uh, over half the states in the U.S. now and here in Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania, it's basically per ounce or something. You can just get a misdemeanor. It's been on the edge of legalization forever. They just need to do it. I can't leave my house without smelling marijuana on a daily basis. Literally, I can drive to the grocery store and smell pot the entire way. People stoned in the stores. <laughs> Kids don't need warnings about marijuana use on horror films. They can just fucking go to Aldi and they can experience it there, you know? 
<laughs> no, no, um, George, you had mentioned, uh, or actually, I forget which one you guys mentioned, but someone's mentioned um, uh, the legacy of these films. And one thing right. I wanted to bring up was director William Girdler, who did Grizzly and Day of the Animals. Yeah, and, and you know, Day of the Animals. He yeah, died absolutely. young. Yeah. I mean, he only had a handful of movies, but I love his movies, especially The Manitou. I think it's Yeah, a, a it's one, one guy that, like, he did, a, like you said, he did a handful of movies, and, and every one of them is good in a way. I mean... Some of the earlier films are like Asylum of Satan, you know, they were cheap, but then, you know, he was doing stuff for AIP like Abby and, and Shiva Baby and, yeah, you know, and then uh, these films that we're talking about, They of the Animals and uh, and then Grizzly, he did, uh, his last movie was um, uh, The Manitou. Right. With which had Tony a lot, Curtis. I mean, that, that was like, you know, I thought, yeah, Tony Curtis and a lot of... You know, name stars. There's and a sleeper. There's a sleeper. It, it definitely right has there. a. It definitely has like a higher production value. I, 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 I believe, and I'm not probably not the first one to say. It. I know I'm not the first one to say. It. But Gurdjieff would have went on to like, you know, he. I think he would have went on to things uh, bigger. I, I'm not. I mean, I don't mean bigger, better. I mean, I'm. I more. You know, a production. Right. I think he would have directed right. more mainstream. Yeah. He would have. You know, because. He was one of those guys that could just, you know, just turn out turn out a good movie with a lot of stuff in it for a limited budget. And obviously right. he was able to get all these, right. you know, pretty pretty big actors because the last few films he did had, you know, all these name cast actors and and famous stunt people. So he was doing something right. It's just very unfortunate accident that, that he left us because, you know, he's, right. he's one of those guys that you just think, oh, what, you know, what a... And what he was in his twenties when he, he died. He was thirty, which yeah. Is like, I mean, yeah, thirty. Yeah. So he was. That's, that's weird. Like when he totally started, he was family. doing already doing. By the time he died, he was already doing films for almost ten years. Yeah. A uh, three on a meat hook. That's another. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I didn't see that film until a lot later, until I saw it on uh, VHS or something. I didn't even know that movie existed. But I mean, there, there's a these these. There's so many of these directors, like, it's great that you guys are talking about him because there's so many of these directors, and you see sort of these random films, and you never make the connection that they're all related to the same person. Like, William Graffet, look at all, yep. look at the history of everything William did, and, and here comes Impulse, that yep. me out of left field. And, and by the way, a shout out to the Grindhouse releasing people, working with George and working with Bill. I, I introduced myself to them. Um, with those two guys mentioned, I dropped names. Yes, I admit it. <laughs> and, uh, well, well, Grindhouse releasing who do, who are doing Impulse and are doing this new, um, you know, re-release uh, have been wonderful in, in promoting our show. That's exactly they, it. We've been doing cross market. Yeah, they guys. they've been we just because they we didn't even ask permission for it. They just did it, and I'm <laughs> taking these snapshots off these emails, and I'm. I'm Texting them to George and going, holy shit, these guys are spectacular. So thank you guys. And also, while we're talking about that as well, thank you, Lance Parkin. Lance Parkin is a Pittsburgh director um, that's known for a number of um, films. Uh, a, a movie that was a fairly big release for him, The Boonies. You can see the trailer on. Um, Which on, is quite uh, worth seeing. Yeah, if you is, like a yeah, bunch of horror films. It's very, very good. It's, is that Lance yeah. from the Neon Brainiacs? Exactly. Okay. Answer the Neon Brainiac and, and also Ben Beatles. I mean, we're all, listen, listen, Roger. We're all inbred here. Everybody knows everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 yeah. When you sit down and start talking about how 
every, these arrows are all over the place. Everybody's worked with everybody else. And, and yes. Anyway, Lance does our trailers, and he does a spectacular job. Oh, cool. Um, so he's another Yeah, the trailer, he, he did do a spectacular job. And the trailer's getting out there, and uh, it's just a great way to, you know, promote the show in, in a couple of minutes. It's a fun little trailer. So, we, yeah. you know, I've been, uh, Gene's been throwing it out there. I've been throwing it out there. It's getting out there. Yeah, I've been and listening it's, to it's, Neon it's, Brainiacs lately, and I heard you guys on there. I think one of the one of the ones that I didn't go to in the past year or two, um, they were. Yeah, they show up. They just show up. They were at the show. Yeah, yeah, they were at the show. Right. We don't. They're not. Yeah. We don't even say, "Do you want to do it?" They just do it. Yeah. And that's what I love. Like everybody is so celebrated. I I think that was uh, that was a couple of Aprils ago because I remember uh, it was when we showed Reanimated because I remember yes. I was wearing a white lab coat. They, right. they, were here, they were here for the last one, too. We talked on the last one. They oh, were that's right. Yeah. Last September. They were back that's again. Right. They come as a yeah. group. I mean, yeah. you know, Sam and, and Bill were there. There's so many people that show up with this thing, and it's a big, uh, it's a big motivation, I think, for people to meet people and, and, and work together and stuff. You would be surprised. It's a think tank. Yeah, Strangely you, enough, it's become a think tank. you got to put me in touch with them. I'd love to do a crossover episode with those guys because I, I have a feeling I'll probably meet them at the thing, and I'd like to talk to talk them on to the show. Talk to Billy. It's like they're, like they're good friends with Bill. I mean, and you know what? I worked with what's even weirder. I worked with Ben very briefly for the same company, and then I was telling George a story. This guy that I work with right now was in the movie Boonies as one of the brothers with Ben, and I kept looking at this guy at work, and he kept looking at me. And finally, like after a month, he comes up to me and introduces himself. And I said, you know, I've been looking at you for a month, and I can't figure out from where. And then he said, I was in, I'm one of the actors from the movie The Boonies, and you and Ben introduced me to, I, I met you to Ben. <laughs> That's like, awesome. Oh, my God. Right, they're, they're everywhere. Isn't this, what an incredible experience. That's amazing. So, Cool. Yeah, it is. It really is. It, 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 it's great to see all this like interconnected stuff that's taking place. Um, you know, I was telling George earlier in a conversation about the Duran Duran concert last night. Experiencing something yourself is one thing, but when you bring everybody else to that table and give them that same experience, the joy that you feel through seeing everything else is much more important than experiencing it by yourself and i think yeah. that that's a big thing to, that's a big thing to live by it's great to be that person and, and have that advantage to do super monsterama and to do all this stuff but to see the people that come to it and the stuff that comes out of it and the inspired connections and all this stuff is what what really matters in the end of the day it's it's what it's all about so yeah, you know, seventeen years is seventeen years is a long time. And the, and the Riverside Drive-In has been spectacular. The Riverside Drive-In, it just they they bump up their they bump up their um, you know what what level every year to something bigger and better. I mean, it's just yeah, they've been you know, consistent. You know, I always said that I wouldn't want to have it anywhere else. I would not yeah. want to have it event anywhere else. This is where it is. Run. This is where it's been. This is where it's going to be until it ends. I don't know when that is. Absolutely, but, absolutely. But what I'm trying to say is, too, is that 17 years we've seen a lot of changes. We saw, I mean, we saw the, the show grow. Uh, Gene will tell you, like, he living in Pittsburgh, he was uh, just amazed that it was just so happened that this was going to happen in his area because well, yeah, when I was, I was looking to do it, 
Yeah, George when I was looking friends on the internet through his website prior to this whole thing, and I was it was like <laughs> it was like four o'clock in the morning. God's honest truth, and you're trolling the internet, and I'm like, eh, did George post any new movie reviews? I go on and I see this event, and I go, oh God, that's nowhere. You know, he's in New York; it's not going to be anywhere near me. And then I click on it, says Vandergrift. Pennsylvania. And my next, my next comment was, "Where the fuck is Vandergrift, Pennsylvania?" Because <laughs> I didn't know Armstrong County. And you realize you're less than an hour away, right? I mean, I'm not know. trying to be rude here. I don't know, didn't at that time know much about. I mean, I knew everything else. Well, yeah, the and the, and the and and in your defense, the theater had just reopened. Yeah, I mean, it was know, only open like know, a year I know, or two. I yeah. know North Hills because of my connection with my family being part of my family anyway, my family heritage. Um, is up around Evan City, ironically, believe it or not, where they filmed Night of the Dead. I used to go up in the kid, and, you know, they would always say, that movie was filmed here, blah, blah, blah. So I knew North Hills, South Hills. I knew all the areas of Pittsburgh, but east of Pittsburgh, past Monroeville, I was like a void. And I look it up on the Internet, and it says, oh, it's 30 miles, if even that, from Monroeville. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to this. Well, I went. And I've, I've been basically, I've been to every one. Nice. And, um, you know, and George and I slowly got to know each other better in person over the years and then started working together because I come from this whole background of, of marketing and advertising. We talked about this before on the show. Um, I was thrust right into the arena right out of college. One week after college, I was working for a major um, entertainment corporation in Pittsburgh. And the next thing you know, I was babysitting Deborah Harry for the day, wow. which was my, one of my first celebrity clients, right, which was a terrifying experience for me. Because <laughs> I, I was obsessed with Blondie. And then, real quick story. So many people have heard this out there, but I'm going to reiterate it. She had a dog with her, and it pooped in the green room. <laughs> and I come around the corner, and it was literally a green room with green shag carpet. Honest to God, it, they must have thought this was funny. Oh and I loudly, said, I loudly said to another employee, whose dog shit in our green room? And Deborah Harry walked around the corner, and she says, it was my dog that did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was like, I, <laughs> I know, now listen. And then, without a thought, Deborah Harry says to Chris Stein, Chris, clean up the poop. And then she says, thank you, and she walked away. <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> that's my Deborah Harry voice, and I'm standing there, and I went, oh, my God. It was like a bad sitcom. I just met Deborah Harry, and I insulted her about her dog shitting. And... <laughs> And actually, that concert is available on YouTube. I found it <laughs> two or three weeks ago. Somebody videotaped that from May 1994, and you can see that she was well high or drunk on stage during the <laughs> performance. So thanks to Debbie's early drug and alcohol abuse at the time of partying, that evening she was the nicest person in the world and took pictures. Because I had, you know what, I just got the job, and I'm like, all these friends of mine are like, you know, we got to meet De Blondie, you're going to get us backstage. And of course I did. And I'm just shitting myself like Marsha Brady inviting Davy <laughs> Jones. <laughs> I, was, I was like, if Deborah Harry tells me no, I'm not going to be popular anymore. And that, that was Deborah Harry, the dog shit tour. Yeah. <laughs> It was amazing. I'll send you the picture. I'll, I'll, I'll message, or message it to you. And then yeah. over the years, I work with all these people. So, like I said, enough about my history. But I had all this like history of marketing and advertising and, and doing this stuff. And I still work with celebrities and stuff on the side. 
And I, when I came to George, I said, George, we can do something a little bit different with this. Please let me help you out. I would be indebted. And then here we are 17 years later, and it's been an amazing run. It really has. It, it's, um, it is I'm, awesome. dir- I'm, dir- I'm disturbed by it, to be honest with you, because, <laughs> no, it's really crazy. I mean, you look back on, you know, photos of George and I together, and then Crystal as well. Um, the people that we've been friends with that have come to this event over the years, um, the Riverside drive-in staff, it's, when you, these are not casual people you met a weekend ago. These are people that have become part of your life for decades nearly two decades and that's, that's and it's, amazing it's like yeah and it's it's like a revolving door that we have no control over because we can't force people to come back yeah, we, we have can't no force control. people <laughs> to to be introduced to this thing so it's like so in, in in that sense you know we've had people at the beginning that you know wandered off i mean we i've had people come to the show at the beginning and then they see how it's done and they get their local drivers to do a show like this and and I don't see him again. I'm, that's I'm, fine I'm, because I'm, absolutely, yes. He's, and you know that's George fine is, because they'll, you know. And no names mentioned. Thing but with, George is responsible for the, for the whole starting again of, of this whole thing. He did it. This was happening in Pittsburgh before drive-ins anywhere else across the, the, the state or the East Coast or anywhere. Well, nobody, nobody wanted to do shows like this no, exactly, back then. Exactly. Right. I right. contact right. Cap, Cap, and you ask you ask people. You ask Todd. You asked Todd, the owner of the, of the theater. I mean, they, they, back then they'd be like, nah, horror movies, nobody wants to see that. Because, you know, 15, 16 years ago is a very different time than now. Right. There's right. a lot of, you know, you know, horror movies are big again, you know, new horror movies, and then you have this whole retro culture. Yep. You have Spanguli, you have horror, horror. I mean, it's, and then you have all these drive-ins realizing, you know, we could show old movies too and people will come. Right. Right, and, like the uh, one near so us this, showed. Um, back showed... then, back then, it was like it was very chancy for any theater to show something that wasn't brand new. Believe me. Yeah, the drive-ins so near us are always showing often. old movies along with new films. You know, so it's it's, yeah. it's making a comeback. Right. right. So I got a question. Right. Are you guys? I, I I'm probably being premature with this question, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. So considering this is the 17th anniversary, 20, 20th anniversary is not too far down the road. Are you guys sort of maybe <laughs> mentally filing away titles of films that you're holding off? You're like, you know what? We'll show that on the 20th. Uh, 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 no. <laughs> I, you know, I, well, well, to be specific, no, I mean, no, not, no, I'm not thinking like three years ahead. I'm just thinking ahead in general. So, you know, we should show this, we should show that. I don't know when it's going to happen. I have to say, since you said that, Roger, something just sparked in my head because the way my crazy brain works is that I make connections, like things to start connecting, right? Like from a past experience. Yesterday I saw Lynn Holly Johnson at the Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Conference and I thought, gee, we haven't shown Ice Castle yet. (laughs) (laughs) We we were going to. That was the whole idea. We were going to do a Lynn Holly Johnson night and just, just... It was almost like going to be a producer's type thing where we just <laughs> wanted to show to fail. Several, so we figured we'd show... Several friends met her this weekend, uh, you know, and I thought to myself, wouldn't it have been funny, and I would have gladly paid for it um, if Lynn Holly Johnson would have signed an autograph for Monster Rama that said... I hope you guys have me at the drive-in one day and show my movie. Why? We, why we, that film? I don't know. 
Well, we joke because, about the showing ice castles. I don't know why. Ridic- because it was ridiculous. Because at that time, there were all these movies like, what was it, The Other Side of the Mountain and, and Ice Castles and all this stuff that was coming out. Endless Love was another one. Yeah. There were all these, like, and even Blue Lagoon to a certain degree. There were all of these movies that were coming out at the time that were sort of like these young, romantic uh, 1980s, late 70s, you know, films. And then there was this film with, with you know, with Robbie, what's his name? Robbie. Robbie um, Benson. Robbie Benson and her, <laughs> she was not that great. First of all, she wasn't that great of an actress. I don't want to flag her, but she really wasn't. She was dreadful <laughs> in the Bond movie. She was just completely oblivious in that blonde film. You know, it was, she was bad. And uh, she had good, she had really good, um, a really good press agent at the time or whatever, or, or, or whoever agent that got her in that. So she did okay in What's Her in the Woods, actually. Uh, very good. In the case, anyway, so the thing about it was that, you know what Looking Through the Eyes of Love is actually about, which is what makes it hysterical. She goes blind. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm sorry. You know, in the movie, it's like, yeah. It's like an SCTV skit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> She's, she, she wants to win the skating contest and she goes blind. And the song is called Looking Through the Eyes of Love because Robbie Benson is her love or something. And it's just like the irony, of, the irony of how ridiculous the plot is that she's going to be a blind skater that's going to win a competition. And the, and the song is called Looking Through the Eyes of Love. It, I, when that, even back in 1978 or whatever, when they were advertised this, I thought to myself, Jesus, death and Christ. You know, what What in the world? Is somebody stoned at the, at, at the production studio and they think... I think she does regain her sight in the movie, right? I think, well, I would hope so. I mean, it's not hope. I think she does, yeah. <laughs> it has a happy ending. Hey, Tom Trigarrett was in it, too. And Tom Skerritt was oh in it, Oh, my God. Too, yeah. I've never seen Wasn't this Wasn't he movie. the father? Yeah. And uh, Colleen Dewars, I think? you got to yeah. go listen to the theme song. If you didn't hear the theme song, you know, you have to go it should be It should be the theme for your show, Roger. <laughs> it should be the karaoke. It's a karaoke. Good you know. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll it, sing it. It, yeah. it really is, right? A, really, a great way to yeah. lose uh, listeners. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, joke, that's their problem. We were going to lose, that's how we were going to, that was the joke that we were going to show that movie and, and just, you know, <laughs> you know, it kind of went like, what, 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 what's his face with, uh, Zero Mostel and Gene Wallace in the producing. Right, right. You know, you know, so you have a failure and it, but then again, it probably would have worked because all the wives of the guys that come to the show. Right. We're like, oh, you can, rest, oh, that looks good. Because we showed the trailer, and a couple of the women were like, oh, wow, that looks good. You know, yeah. the, re- the, reference, the reference here was that, here's what the reference was, and the way our, our George and I's brains work. This was our homage to Monster Chiller Horror Theater with Joe Flaherty as Count Floyd, where oh. every, movie, every movie sucks, and he's always saying at the end, who did this horrible movie? Yeah, they get like a movie book that has nothing to do with monsters or horror. <laughs> right, right. Like one time he was showing, he was showing four. They had him showing four for seconds. Why are these guys? And he's like, "Who's in that? What is that? The Rat Pack?" <laughs> Who is this? Lynn Holly? Woo! She was scary. Lynn Holly Johnson. You know that was that, that was that was the joke that you know because. Oh, and then he showed the uh, the, the wolf one. Oh, it's the, the hour of the wolf. And yeah, he's thinking it was, like it's it a were, 
You, you think it's going to be like a werewolf movie and ends up being like a like an Ingmar Bergman movie? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so the, the point, the, the, joke, the joke here was that what the hell do they want to see at the Monsterama shows? And you know, you're trying to figure out what you're going to show, and it's just like you reach a point with everything like this where you go, just pick something horrible and see what happens. And and, and I said to George, I was, what about Ice Castles? <laughs> because I can't think of anything. More horrible to fit through with a drive-in <laughs> on a Friday night than Ice Castle. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to show it on a double feature with the what's the one where Gary Busey's like the killer snowman? Oh my God! I didn't. I don't know what is that. <laughs> killer snowman. There was a no, we, there was a movie. Have you had the a, opportunity to I'm meet him f- in person? A killer snowman would be a nice way to describe Gary Busey in person, believe me. <laughs> Maybe I'm confusing two different movies. There was one called Jack Frost. There was two called Jack Frost. One was um, with Michael Keaton that was like right. a comedy. But yeah, then there was, was a horror film, film yeah. called Jack Frost. Yeah, with a uh, killer snowman, yeah. Yeah, 1997. Here we go. Um, I thought Gary Busey was And then there's the, and Bat, there's the Rankin and Bass cartoon uh, of Jack Frost, a holiday special. I know. I've had... At least three personal encounters with Gary in my in my career, whatever you want to call it. And I'll tell you what, I couldn't get away from him faster than you can imagine. Like I was afraid to stop talking to him that he wouldn't hit me if I didn't stand there and listen to his 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 bullshit. And I, I don't care who hears this in this, this podcast. He's 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 very upsetting to be around. <laughs> and, he apparently oh, we could show we could show the Buddy Holly story. I mean, he's just well. I I mean, I didn't think he was a bad actor. Carney, all these no, he was definitely not a bad actor. No, he, is absolutely, actor. he is absolutely horrible at conventions. I was at a, a convention. I won't say which one it was. I gee, I don't think this is. I don't think this is. Uh, that, that, this is known information. I mean, we like this, you're not the only one to say this. Yeah, and exactly. He, I've seen him. I mean, I remember him doing something on the red carpet to Jennifer Garner, and it was like all over the news, like something really. Well, he was. He was. He yeah. just recently at monster yeah. from the monster things. He just recently got brought up on charges for grabbing a woman's breast in, the, in an elevator. But the story that I can tell you guys is he was at a convention with his son, and they were sitting right next to one another. And they were drinking the entire day, and it it, it turned into a physical fight about <laughs> physically knocking down tables. And they didn't get removed from the event, but they put somebody, but a poor celebrity, they grabbed a poor celebrity and said, "You have to sit between the boosies." That would be a nightmare. <laughs> oh okay? my god! Wow. And, and, and George and his son continued to to uh, to argue, or Gary continued to argue, like lean back behind the guy. And talk shit to one another. And I came in on this, was witnessing this, and I said to somebody that was in this general area that was a celebrity that I knew, I said, what's going on with Gary and his son? And she said, you missed it earlier. They knocked the table down and were physically fighting on the floor. Um, you know, they, 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 should both, they should both be asked to leave. And this actress, who's fairly famous, had walked up to them walked up to Gary and she said that she would like to exchange a selfie and autographs, which that goes on for free. Okay. And this was in the hallway. And he said, I don't care who you are. You need to come to the table and pay is what he told her. He goes, I don't talk to other people away from my table. And this, this actress is very well known. And he, she was stunned. And 
you know, I had said to her prior to this event, I said, don't talk to him. He's, he's not nice. And she said, oh, come on. It's the way he treats fans. I said, no, he'll, he's going to be mean was to you. It, was it Joanne Worley? No, I can't say who it is. I could tell you okay. guys off the podcast, but I don't want to <laughs> mention her name because I'm really in scandal territory probably with this whole conversation. But I just, you know, I'm sorry that it, it has to be that way. There are so many positive experiences that happen with celebrities when you work with them or meet them. And this was, Gary Gary is very dangerous to book. I, I would not book him for my event without an insurance policy. <laughs> right. No, yeah, not. it says it was the Monster Mania convention um, in... That's the one where you grabbed the woman, yeah, isn't it? last year. Or was that Schiller when he grabbed the woman? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he did. He grabbed her. He, he grabbed her and, and did, it made noise. He grabbed her breast apparently and went honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, the final sentence in the article says that Gary Busey was injured in a motorcycle accident, accident in 1988, which left him with permanent brain damage. So I guess that yeah, would explain we, his behavior. Yeah, well, whatever. Okay. That's one is way. Like, is this yeah. like breast Tourette's? I mean, he just has this uncontrollable <laughs> urge to grab women's breasts. Honk, honk. I, I, I bet that doesn't oh. work well in, 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 a, in, a, in a grocery store. Right. You know, I mean. Oh, my God. So don't go out in public. But yeah, so there's your celebrity trash talk. For this episode <laughs> brought to you by then is now podcast all right no, guys he's really scary honest to god don't talk to me. i'm sorry to say that he'll probably hear this and kill me or something after this but whatever <laughs> um gary Busey I puts did. out hit stuck, on I gene him. i was very i was in an enclosed space with him and, and with several people and he was he just kept talking and talking and talking and I just wanted to get away, and I thought, oh, my God, if I duck away, he's going to say, hey, I wasn't done yet, and come after me or something. And <laughs> I, that's the last thing I wanted to experience. Yeah, I, I felt like I was being held hostage. That's the best way of putting it. So, wow. Like uh, with a psychiatric patient. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, folks. Whatever. Well, the lesson of today is uh, stay away from Gary Busey at all costs. And, stay away uh, from Gary Busey at conventions, yes. <laughs> And don't yes, forget please. to go to the Drive-In Super Monsterama in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania on September, Friday, September 22nd, and Saturday, September 23rd. You're going to be treated to, to eight awesome movies. Yes, I can't wait to go either. It's going to be so much fun. Can I just say one quick thing? Sure. Uh, please pay attention to the Drive-In Super Monsterama uh, community Facebook page. Um, yes, please. We're only on Facebook right now, but we're going to try to change that, I think, in the future. And because uh, you'll get all the details about the show. I just put up a thing. We do a raffle basket, and we got this really cool raffle basket this year that uh, pertains to the... George did, and it's amazing. It's like yeah, the it pertains to the movies. It's got. Uh, it's even got a William Shatner authentic autograph on a on a Star Trek original series photograph. Oh, but wow. uh, the proceeds of, yeah, the proceeds for this, for that will go into the April show. And we have some big plans for April. Uh, I'm going to bring, I plan to bring some big hitters. I plan to bring a movie back that we've shown in the past that people have been asking for. Because, you know, we're at the point where not everybody was at the show, say, 10 years ago that are coming now. So if we show a movie again that's popular, it's because we want to bring it back, not because we have to. And um, yep. nice. Yeah, so just pay attention to that. You know, we have uh, the Riverside's page too, 
um, all the information about the show. There'll be a thing about, um, you know, rules, how to behave yep. at the driving, about the camping and all that. So if you're out there listening, just please pay attention to us on that social media platform. And um, if you have any Absolutely. questions, just feel free to contact us. We're there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. definitely. Absolutely. We, we try to get back to people as quick as possible, but we have to turn off this automated response thing from uh, Facebook because it answers for us. And then George and I don't see the message for three days later because right. there's no notification because Facebook says, thank you for contacting us. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Well, that's nice and all, but Facebook isn't telling us that people are contacting us. Yeah. So we see the message and the shitty automated message that's sent, which we didn't send. More of the genius programming there of Facebook Incorporated or Meta or whatever the hell. Right. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot. We appreciate it, Roger. Thanks for doing this as always. No problem. It's um, always a blast. And we're dying to see you guys again. And it's really it's two weeks away, which is just inconceivable. George and I were just talking about the weather today and and everything it's it's these things seem like they're a million years off and then they're just tomorrow you know yeah, and it's like yeah. what the hell is that about yeah and I'm, I'm glad for me personally the wife and i are able to sort of make this a regular thing every year now go to go in april Ooh. and in september it's so much fun i need to quit forgetting that you're in, up in maine i keep thinking you're in massachusetts because of the abbreviation this is how stupid I right right well, I, I do the same thing yeah I, and, how long is that trip for you? Uh, I grew up north of Boston. How long is the How long is the uh, the drive for you? Uh, well, we drove the first time, and that was a ten hour drive. So we broke it into two five hour, you know, sessions, getting going down and then coming home. But this this time in the last and in, in April we flew out, which wasn't bad at all. It was like a three hour flight or something. And you're gonna fly uh, this time? Yeah, we'll find again. We'll find a Pittsburgh, get in a hotel there, and then now, that's dedication. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, much, much appreciated. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, that's really that's that's really what I love to hear that. Like I said again, this, when I started this show, this is what I hope would happen. Like people, you know, like yourself would would realize, oh, this is really what traveling for. And it's and I'll th get there somehow. The thing is, I if mean, you do it I mean, far enough yeah. in advance, if you book everything, it's way cheaper. Exactly. And we get a hotel yeah. that's halfway between the airport and the drive-in theater, so it doesn't take uh -huh. us long to get to the drive-in at all. And then you know we can bounce yeah. back to the hotel on Saturday morning, and then right. you know right. stop right. in before our yeah. flight on Sunday. Yeah. And like I, we always uh, try to give everybody, well, you know, advance notice of the dates, and then we try to put together right. the. Right. The schedule of films as soon as possible, so they know what to expect and all that. You know, we, that's why you know it starts promoting this thing at least three months in advance. So nice, yeah, nice. yeah. For sure. All right, well, George and Gene, thank you for joining me again today, and look forward to seeing you at the Driving Monster. Thank you for babysitting my insanity. <laughs> I'm turning into Gary. Bruce. Oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> and you know, I'll be doing some live broadcast from there as well. So. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Ron. Awesome. All right. Yep. Thanks a lot, Thank guys. You. All right. Yep. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed our discussion again with Gene and George. They're always welcome here, twice a year at least. 
Uh, don't forget to check out their special event, the Drive-In Super Monsterama, which is held at the Riverside Drive-In in Vandergrift, Pennsylvania. And this year of 2023, that will be on Friday, September 22nd and Saturday, September 23rd. And uh, we'll post the link in the show notes. You can find their Facebook group. It's, it's hopping with lots of views and discussions and stuff. So it's really fun. So if you want to check out our other shows and uh, my blogs, you can go to havenpodcasts.com where you'll find uh, three different, actually four different blogs, I'm sorry, three different podcasts and our live show, Fright Lounge. Uh, That's it, folks. Have a great time, and um, we'll see you again next episode. Venice Now Podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media. shows like the one you just heard check out the dorkening podcast network at the dorkening.com